I don't know if, if you open scripture and begin to read. I do not know if you get excited over reading it or as it becomes like, okay, I have to read this and see what the Lord is talking to me and saying, telling me. I am not too sure. It could be anything. There's some days you may open a scripture and it seems like it speaks nothing, says nothing to you. Sometimes it's based on where we are, but at other times you may open the scriptures and it seems like it's really alive and talking to you. I remember being on a, a 30 days retreat, which was a silent retreat. And each day, part of the retreat, the Ignatian retreat was to meditate on scripture four hours a day. And there'll be a passage given and that passage given would, I would spend time reading, reflecting, and spending an hour on that particular passage. Sometimes it wasn't too long. And I was not able to go beyond the passage, but be with, with the passage itself, whether it's from New Testament, Old Testament, and Gospel. And there were days that seemed like the Word of God just, just kind of flowing in every direction. I, I would spend this time, and at the end of the hour, we were to write down the reflection, what happened during that hour, and what was the Lord saying to me, how the Lord was um, kind of inspiring me or cleansing me or reminding me of things, and, and the Lord was doing all, all kinds of things. As you know, if you don't speak to anyone for, for days upon end, except speak with a spiritual director for about 30 minutes, um, there's plenty of time to go into a deep and profound reflection. But I have to say that even then, on certain days or certain hours, the Lord would speak much more, and then some others wasn't. Sometimes I would spend time and seem like there's really nothing coming into my heart. And yet, and yet, the very exercise of looking in, into God's Word can provide and produce within us an incredible insights, knowledge. I have to say that when I looked at the readings this yesterday, looking at the Ephesians, I sort of got excited over the reading. And I said, I'm not too sure if I would be able to even articulate why I was so excited. And the reason I was excited is because, first of all, St. Paul, the way he writes, there's a whole Trinitarian theological reflection here. He's, he himself became so overwhelmed by, by the knowledge of God. And this is what he says, I kneel before the Father. So there he is writing. He says, I kneel before the Father. Why? And, and, and he says, from every family in heaven and on earth, okay, I kneel before the Father from, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. So first of all, he realizes that it is God the Father who is the origin of everything, origin of every reality, of every family, of every name, every person. And that, he says, I kneel before the Father from whom we have everything, so that he may grant you, in accord with the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner self. So first of all, he kneels before the Father, 
in appreciation because from him everything comes, but that he may grant you to, to people he writes to the Ephesians, but he's writing to all of us. So he's asking God the Father that he may grant us the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through the spirit in the inner self, which means he's asking us that he may endow, uh, endow us with the riches of his life, riches of his life, riches of his glory, everything that, because glory is the reality of God. Glory is his very being. Glory is that which belongs to God. And so he's asking that the riches of his glory will be given to us through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. Everything that we cannot even understand and grasp, but the gift of God himself that will be given so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So this is gift through the Holy Spirit so that Christ, his son, the, the eternal word of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, that Christ may dwell in your hearts th through faith, which means that he may empower you to believe, to believe more, to believe, believe uh, more deeply than we, than we do. Because then that you, and that's part of the prayer, then rooted and grounded in love, the root and ground in love, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the holy ones what is the breadth and length and height and depth of God's knowledge, of God's love, God's presence, so that you may grasp and understand fully what does it mean that Christ is in you? What does it mean that Christ is part and parcel of your inner, inner being? You know, I know these are words, but also, these words are leading us to a reflection, to a love. I, I have to say this. If you ever, and many people have at work, if you at work or at home, you have pictures of your children, of your loved ones. Sometimes you see them and you pass by, you don't think about them at all. But sometimes you stop and look at that picture of, of who they were when they were younger. And sometimes in the families you have pictures when they were tiny and bigger and adult and whatever. And you're overwhelmed by that love that you have for them, for the children. You're overwhelmed. You, you know who they are. You grasp the depth, breadth and depth and height, and, and, uh, uh, which means that the totality of what that, who they are. And so St. Paul is asking God the Father that he may give you the depth and breadth and height of the knowledge of Jesus in you, the knowledge of God in you. You see, <clears throat> when Jesus, <clears throat> through the incarnation, because, you know, we have the second person, the Holy Spirit becoming one of us, when, when, when the Lord embraced human nature, he embraced all of us. That's what incarnation means. He embraced all of us. He became part and parcel of who we are, never losing his divinity and yet enriching us with that divinity, but he became one of us. And so it is by incarnation, by becoming one of us, he united himself with us. He united himself as one of us, our brother. And but, because, but he never lost his divinity. And so, so St. Paul is asking that, that God the Father send through the power of his Holy Spirit this knowledge of Christ in us, Christ 
and the glory that God gives us. I mean, this is something that happens. You know, we, it's, it's so hard for us to grasp because we have this momentary understanding, get very happy about it, and yet, and yet, and then we sort of kind of lose it by walking and needing to eat something, and we become preoccupied with food or, or the problems we have to deal with or difficulties in our nation, whatever it may be. But it is this that St. Paul is asking, <clears throat> because <clears throat> now in him, in him we have the power, in him we have that love, in him we have mercy. And it is to him who is able to accomplish far, far more than we ask or imagine by the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And then St. Paul ends up by again praising God the Father for the gift of giving us these special gifts. Now, we may not be able to see and understand fully, and yet we know that he loves us. He died for us. He was able to, to give everything that he has to share with us, the knowledge, insights, understanding. And this is when, in the gospel today, <clears throat> the Lord says, how I wish, I wish that the fire of God's love already enveloped this world. I wish that God's mercy would enter every human heart. I wish that this fire of grace be already at work. This is Jesus asking the Father how I wish. The Lord's wish is not just the wishful thinking, is the wish is that which he wishes to bestow upon us, and yet we have the freedom to say no. We have the freedom to say no to God. So he respects our freedom. But how I wish to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already blazing. Some people interpret <coughs> the, the word fire to mean judgment. But how does God judge us? By love. He wishes to remove junk from us. He wishes to remove sin from us. He wishes to remove brokenness from us because that's what he wishes. God's, God's love is the purifying love. It's a purifying gift. I wish it were already blazing. And then the Lord says, there's a baptism with which I must be baptized and how great is my anguish until it's accomplished. And what is that baptism? His crucifixion the suffering dying, and in his humanity he experiences that anguish. And then he continues, do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. And why? We thought gospel brings peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Does he really wish, wish that we would be divided? No. But he knows us. He knows us very well. He knows that the gospel that is preached is not always embraced. And it's even, even within families themselves. The generational division seems like there is always there. You know, children don't exactly understand parents, and parents don't exactly understand children. And then once 
Parents used to be children, not understanding their fathers and mothers. It seems like each generation seems to have to start all over again, and we have to kind of grow in wisdom and knowledge. And so there is a, there's a natural division there because we don't grasp, we don't understand, we don't, we don't see it, we don't have that wisdom and knowledge. But what the Lord is asking us to, to have is that it's not that he wants us to be divided, but allowing the grace, that power of, the, of, of his love. He wants us that love to enter. And that's when we become more and more united. Because when we begin to see our Lord Jesus as the very source, foundation of our knowledge, as the very source and foundation of, of our transformation, of our healing, of, of everything that we wish, desire, then we become more and more united. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the division, as St. Paul says in another part of the, of the letter, one of the letters, he says, the division is within us. You know, the Lord has come to unite us to overcome the division within ourselves because we have, we, we're not exactly sure as to what to do sometimes. We are not exactly sure what we are supposed to, uh, which way, which direction we should go. Uh, sometimes, you know, we, we can be very selfish. Sometimes we can be blinded by our own needs, and then we don't accept the gifts that God gives us. But nonetheless, what the Lord is asking us is allowing that fire to come so that he may purify us, that he may purify us by, by, by his, his mercy, by his love, so that we may become one. We come, that, that unity will not be just any form of unity over, you know, you know, using the lowest common denominator or, or, or you know, this type of, you know, uh, trying to, you know, kind of create peace even with situations which cannot be, you know, uh, made into, into some form of unity. You know, we, we have to strive to allow God to transform and to cleanse us so this way we can attain unity because of him. Jesus will unite us through the power of the Holy Spirit, but we have to say yes to him. You know, we live in our nation where we have so many opposing views. People use different criteria to judge each other. Most people today seem to be using the criteria of left, right, conservative, liberal, or, you know, pro-abortion, uh, uh, pro-life. We use these criteria the reason is because we lack foundation. We lack foundation. We lack foundation, which actually will help us to overcome these divisions and, and these separations. Because then we, who's, you know, if, if somebody says, okay, if this life is the only life that I have to live, I don't have to worry about life beyond the grave. There's a world of difference between that person and someone who believes that there is a life after death. There's a difference between people who consider, you know, uh, you know this social well-being. Well, you know, I, I've heard so many times, he says, well, you know, you have a child and this child is to be born into poverty. Why? Just eliminate it. But that means we don't really believe in the sanctity of life and that we have no right to remove any, any life from this earth. 
But then people say, I, I watched just briefly on, on the opinions, and there's a father who says, he says, you know, I don't know what to say about what's important for this during this election. You know, maybe, maybe it is abortion is an issue. Well, he says, well, I have a daughter, but she's not in a shape, in a, in a condition right now that she would need to consider it. But he says, well, maybe perhaps it's, you know, more important is the economy, whatever it is. But what people say is this, you know, there's a philosophy, there's a type of attitude, there's a type of ideology be between these expressions, which means that people have not really been formed, have not really been grounded in the gospel. And that's where the difficulties are. Because if we do accept, you know, as a very foundation and principle, the gospel message, Jesus living in us, dwelling in us, the power of the Holy Spirit who's guiding us to all fullness of knowledge, then, then our unity will grow closer and closer. Only secondary aspects will divide us as to what shape or color or size or whatever it may be. But the, the very foundation would be, would be, it would be the same the sanctity of life, the sanctity and, and dignity of each person, the respect which is due. You know, the, 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 you know the, as the Lord says, forgiveness, we forgive each other. You know, there's a criteria by which we are being judged. You know, all those things are, are, are unifying, they will unify us. But unfortunately, this is not the case. And, and so we have to do a lot more we have to keep on praying and asking God that the Lord may, may truly reveal himself more fully and they may, that we may be the instruments of, of helping others to come to know him, come to know the values of the gospel. And this is what today, you know, our Saint, Saint Paul of the Cross did. He lived in, in Genoa or nearby Genoa. And, and, you know, he went into a military he was, he was a military man. And then during his military service, he realized that this is not the Lord is calling him. And so he left the military and began to pray and began to pray more. During prayer, he received this type of understanding that the Lord is asking him to, to proclaim his passion, his suffering, dying, to proclaim the cross is the most important element of us as Christians. And so eventually what he did is he formed a community, which now they're known as the Passionists or Passionist Fathers. He wanted them to proclaim the, the essential element of the life of Christ, and which is his Paschal mystery. And he wanted them to preach and teach and guide. And he himself, and, and he himself not only embraced his mystery, but he wanted to make sure that people, uh, all of us, that we would know and understand that the passion of Jesus is not the focus only on what he had to suffer, but that we would see the love that God has for us, the love that he has, to understand the greatness of God's love. Yes, sin is there, but that, 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 that sin was overcome by the one who has come to be one of us. God himself took upon sin so that we may be freed. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And, they, and today, finally, you know, we hear from St. Paul's letter also, I consider all things so much rubbish 
that I may gain Christ and be found in him. So may the Lord then today, as we listen to the first reading today, the invitation is that we may embrace Christ Jesus, that he may dwell in us, that he, we may really become truly men and women filled with the presence of God, and that through the gospel that we may truly again embrace the gift of his mercy, that purifying fire, that we may be cleansed by him, that we may, that we may enter into a greater unity between generations and between different peoples of different, different ideological or philosophical band by embracing Jesus, by embracing the cross, by embracing his love. One day, one day, the Lord will bring us to himself, unite us all into one, and bring us into his paradise, into a life of glory, where we cannot fully grasp now, but it's a gift that God wishes to bestow upon us. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.